1: Hey, my Traveling Podcast today, I'm lucky to have Doug Brown. How are you today, Doug?
2: I'm awesome, thank you. Uh, and thank you for having me on.
1: Oh, absolutely. Doug, you're the CEO of Business Success Factors and an author of a terrific book, Win-Win Selling. I'll let you finish off the rest of that, but what exactly are you doing nowadays?
2: Well, I'm... I'm consulting mostly with companies and helping them do sales optimization and revenue expansion so anything to do with increasing sales and optimizing all the processes around that which
1: comes in handy quite often for me like i've always i've been in sales for 30 plus years and Mm -hmm. i always tell people everybody's in sales to a certain extent
2: well that's very true there was a book called to sell as human by dan pink which uh does that same thing, and I've always agreed to that. I mean, you're, we're selling whether we're selling something that people would consider tra- traditional sales. You know, we exchange yeah. money for value, but we're exchanging value for value, even in our interpersonal relationships and all kinds of things. You know, selling to our kids or <laughs> when the kids sell to us, <laughs> or, you know, whatever, whatever it might to be. Us too. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Yes, they're the children are the best salespeople in the world. Am I? From my view, as they, they don't have any filters. They're just, you know, natural at it. Exactly. Exactly right.
1: So uh, how did you integrate the the book, the win-win selling book, with, with what you're doing in your company?
2: Yeah, so I wrote a book all on, uh, it's called Win-Win Selling, Unlocking Your Power of Profitability by Resolving Objections, right? Because objections seem to be one of the big stall points for, for people. They don't know how to handle them without crushing them. Uh, and crushing them tends to break rapport, like trust and respect. And then usually the deal is not going to go, uh, you know, in the, in the direction that people selling want. So, but I had a book idea. I wrote the book and the book actually sat for about a year and a half. Um, and then a friend of mine asked me, you know, could she read the book? And so I sent her the digital copy and um, she called me back in a couple of days and said, hey, you know, I read your book. I think it's really great. Uh, why haven't you released it? And I gave her, you know, an objection, basically. Well, I'm just yeah. really busy, you know, et cetera, et cetera.
3: <laughs>
2: so then she started asking me questions, you know, like, could you tell me why you wrote this book in the first place? And I said, you know, I wanted to help people selling. I wanted to help people communicate better because that's what I do, as well as optimization and revenue expansion, and, uh, which is part of that. And so she then asked me a question. She said, oh, okay. And she asked me two or three more series of questions, and I was answering those questions. And then she asked me an additional question. She said, well, Doug, if you really – did you really write the book to help people? And I said, of course I did. And then she said, well, if you don't release the book to the general public, how are they going to know about it? And what I realized, Pete, was while we were going through this conversation, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, she's using some of the formulas that I have in the book."
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're the working
2: book. on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's why I released the book, and then the book went to be, uh, become a, an international bestseller, um, and you know, it just kind of is progressing from there. But it's uh, you know, win-win selling, unlock the. Power of Profitability by Resolving Objections uh, by Doug Brown and people can pick the book up at uh, winwinsellingbook.com if they want to.
1: Okay. And I'll, I'll make sure to put that on the on the uh, on my website too.
2: Okay. Thank you. Put
1: all the links out there so they can just click on it and go. You know, the, the some hints. It's interesting because the reason you wrote your book is really similar to the reason why I started my podcast was you know, I, I tell my wife, I want to help people. You know, I want to, you know, I like sharing my ideas. I like, you know, coaching. I like doing that type of thing. And she's like, well, then why aren't you trying to reach more people? And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a,
2: it's a fair question. I agree with uh, her. And the and the lady was asking me the question too.
3: Well, cause we, co- oh,
2: go ahead, Doug. No, I was going to say, we ask those type of questions all the time in sales, right? Yeah. It's a tough question.
1: Well, it's it interesting because I just had a guest on uh, who initially said no to me. And she said, no, I don't want to be in the limelight. It's not my thing. And literally, I want to say four to six months later, she reached out to me, sent me an email saying, I don't know if it's, the opportunity still there, but I'd like to take you up on it. And I'm like, well, heck yeah. And so I said, what, you know, you don't mind me asking what happened. She goes, she was mentoring teenage girls. And telling them to get out of their comfort zone and telling them to, to 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 be more what they could be, and they literally said to her well what what are you doing? You have to go out of your comfort zone and she goes, "I remember saying no to you, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, here I am giving advice and not taking it so it's it's interesting how others can, can bring it out of you
3: yes
2: and in this in her case, children right, so children are brutally honest, they don't filter most of the time, so and they question things that adults sometimes are afraid to even question.
1: Yeah. Right? Like so. most, most adults would just say, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. <clears throat> Instead, the, the teenagers like, well, what are you doing? You know, exactly. It's, 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 it's a show me state here, you know.
2: And I, and, and the reason I bring that up, Pete, is because in the book I actually break down why objections happen, how they form from childhood all the way through. So it's like the psychology as well as the, you know, practical application of formulas and things of that nature. Um but understanding the why behind it has been very helpful to most people. That's what they've been commenting on uh, because, you know, they didn't realize that they're habituated through life like this gal seemed to be. And she learned something early on where she developed a belief system and a value system that said, okay, I have to, you know, believe this. And then she was called out by kids who don't have that filter, right? So, <laughs> Yeah. So it's per- pretty interesting. Um, yeah. I've had that happen with my kids as well. My children have called me out on things, and I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I, I imagine you had that with yours as well. <laughs>
3: well,
1: yeah. You know, what, what gets worse, what, what, when it got worse, was when they got older. Yeah. You know, not, you know, they both graduated college now for my girls. And so now they know they, they, there is no more BS. It's like they just right. got oh. You didn't do that. I'm like, Oh shit, I can't
3: use that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, when they're little, you had to
1: do some white live bib in there. <laughs>
2: That's funny. So
1: with now with, with you setting up and helping all these people and companies, do you really, your, your, your business tends to work with company. You, you have to travel quite a bit, don't you? Or are you doing,
2: I do. Virtual? I travel. Well, I do both. Um, I try to do as much virtual as I can. Um, and but I am traveling a lot because part of the part of the extension of what's come out of not only the book, but I you know me having a, uh, a background in supporting training companies, my, my business has actually started to morph and grow into a training business as well, um, where I'm doing it in groups. So I'm doing, for example, a live event in Canada uh, in March, and then I'm doing one in Boston in September, and then you know it's speaking at different places and and just traveling between that and four clients but i always a lot of my clients they don't really care to even have face to face time like they used to you know years and years yeah. ago i'm not going to not going to date you and me for our age but, <laughs> but but you know back before the internet was available Before um, virtual was
3: possible <laughs> exactly
2: <laughs> virtual, virtual was an analog telephone back then right so yeah. um so I, you know, uh I find a lot of them, you know, they just don't want to go through the setup and the process and waiting and having to wait for somebody to come into their office. And some people like that, and I still do it, but a lot of them, you know, just prefer to use video conferencing or something like that. It's much more efficient for them. They can do it from their home sometimes versus, you know, when they haven't gone into their office. But I do travel quite a bit. I mean, I'm traveling, I've got to go to Canada, and then I'm going to, Austin, and then from Austin to Savannah, and then from Savannah, Georgia, over to Indianapolis, and then Indianapolis back to New Hampshire. So uh, that's all happening over the next – yeah, that's all over the next uh, 25 days or so.
1: What What do you like about business travel and what do you not like about it?
2: Um, I like seeing new places and going to different places and meeting different people. I mean, even doing it virtually is nice, but there is yeah. that difference being in the same proximity of, of all uh, other people, right? There's a human dynamic. Um, so I love that because I love to communicate. And as we talked about helping people, uh, I also like to see new places and experience new, new, yeah. I'll call it even cultures, you know, from yeah, different sure. places yeah. in the, yeah. And um, so I like that aspect. What I don't like about that, uh, probably most of you I guess say the same thing. airline travel, getting into security lines, having to deal with, uh, you know, the weight. sometimes you run into traffic issues, uh, you know all of that. And sometimes that delays actually getting there on time. And that's yeah. the beautiful part about virtual. I have a couple of different internet connections in my location. So if one goes down, the other one's up. Um, I actually have three of them. And so I'm usually always connected. But, you know, I remember flying back from Florida one time and I was trying to fly up north and, uh, you know, tornadoes blew through and in the Midwest and it closed down Atlanta, which I got stuck in Atlanta overnight. So it was kind of like, you know, myself and 20,000 other people trying to find hotel rooms at the last minute. And, you know, it wasn't fun, but it is part of travel. It is. So, you know, it,
1: it, 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 I was in Kansas City and getting ready to fly out, and they had the t- tornado warning coming at yeah. 8, and my flight was at 7. So I'm like, man,
2: I hope the storm oh, stalls
1: a little bit, and I hope my flight's on time. <laughs> you
2: know? well, well, and that's the thing. I mean, a lot, of your, a lot of your guests travel probably even more than we do, and I, oh, yeah. I have done like four cities in three days. Um, so, you know, when you, when I'm on that type of schedule, it's like, you know, one missed flight can just mess up the whole trip, Yeah. Uh, especially on the first day, you know, you're late for the first one, the second one, or the third one. It's like, that's not fun. Sometimes things get canceled and, uh, you know, for meetings, uh, due to delays and sometimes, you know, it's just, it's weather. Like you said, tornado blows, you know, horn's whole going to go off. What are you going to do? You're stuck. You're
1: nothing. Yeah, exactly. You're doing <laughs> nothing. And that's the act of God. You know, the, the natives are, like, I mean, probably the worst thing that's happened to me with the delayed flight was my flight was so delayed going into Dallas from Denver that the rental car company that I had already paid for was now closed. So I had to Uber to my hotel room at, yep. you know, two, in, at 2 in the morning. Yep. And then I had to Uber back to the uh, airport to get my rental car in the morning and be at work at 8 in the morning. It's a lot of
2: fun, huh?
1: Yeah, my (laughs) my, my client didn't care, you know? No, 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 no. (laughs) I mean, mean, they were
3: like, hey, that sucks. Hey, let's get to work.
1: Step into the
3: world of power, loyalty
0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and,
2: and I, I remember uh, this has happened to me twice too with rental car companies. I've showed up in the class of car that I wanted. They didn't have. Right? So I, I reserved it. And uh, one time they had a pickup truck for me. and it was it wasn't even like a nice pickup truck it was like the you know the utility type pickup truck right right and and i'm like you you literally want me to drive to a the ceo's location in a pickup truck right so they're like sorry this is all we have and then and then one other time they had another vehicle that you know if i was 16 and a half trying to you know cruise the beach to pick up girls. <laughs> that would have been fine, but um, Mustang or Camaro convertible. <laughs> it wasn't even as nice as that, but it was close. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was kind of the replica of trying to yeah. emulate that. I won't, I won't put down the car company, but the, it was just like, oh, it I, I cannot do Oh, by the way, the, the, the color was insanely, you know, bright yellow and all yeah. that, you know, type of stuff. So, so yeah, it's fun sometimes traveling and, uh, Running into those things, but sometimes it's horrifying.
1: <laughs> well, that, that can't work to your benefit. Once I flew into Bismarck, North Dakota, and it was uh, mixed between rain and snow. And, oh, yeah. uh, I was the only one checking in, getting a rental car that day, and the guy's like, "Have you ever been here before?" I go, "No." I'm heading over to Dickinson. I have to. You know, it's like a ninety mile drive. He's like, um, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna upgrade you." And I'm like, "Okay, how much?" He goes, "No, no, like because we're not, we're not busy right now." I'm like, "Oh, great." He gave me an SUV, like um the GMC Denali, brand new. It had wow. like four hundred miles on it. Nice. And I'm like, Oh, I'm just gonna keep this for a while.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Extend my trip. <laughs> exactly. So
1: I drove down to Rapid City, I saw Mount Rushmore and then came up through Sturgis and then went to work at in Dickinson. Nice. It was a nice drive. But yeah, in a in a four hundred mile denali, it was like
2: phew, I'm
1: doing this, I'm finally doing this right. That's awesome. When when you're traveling, what do you find? uh, How do you fill up your time? Because we just talked about delays or airport sits and and all that. How do you fill? time? are you you watching podcasts? Are you doing work? Are you preparing for your meeting? Or are you just trying to zone
2: out? uh, Well, uh, e all of the above. Um, I like I I listen to a lot lot to Audible.com. You know, type books. So I tend to study, uh, that way the best. Um, so, you know, even on airline flights, you know, I may not watch a movie or may, you know, even on a long one, right. I mean, um, I, it, sometimes I work, I wrote a speech, you know, coming back from, I think it was England. <laughs> so I came back from the UK on the flight back. I was right. I wrote a speech. So there's different things that I do, but it, it's everything that you mentioned. Uh, and yeah. sometimes, you know, when you are traveling a lot, the worst thing to do is not rest because, yep. you know, driver-type personality people, they tend to just keep go, 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 go and through multiple time zones. And, you know, traveling on most people is uh, takes out more energy than they think. So sometimes it's just important to rest. So when I recognize that, I just literally, you know, Rest. was yesterday, Doug. Yeah, <laughs> <That> was
3: it?
1: <laughs> I was in Denver for eight days for, for sales meetings and, and, and work meetings. And then my yep. clients come in for the last three days. And, and it was 15 degrees on Friday, You know, which I know that's not super cold for some people. But uh, for, for Californians, that's, that's as cold as you'd ever want. <laughs>
3: super and,
1: cold. Uh, yeah, so I got home yesterday. I got home late Sunday night. And yesterday I was like, Man, I am just... I'm tired, you know. I, I worked mm-hmm. eight days, eight days straight, sitting in hotels and odd, odd beds, and you know, eating out every night. It's like, okay, I'm gonna rest today. So, well, if, if, not, if, not my wife saying get back to work. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, you know, you, you, you can't stay down for long. <laughs> you had but, your
1: day off. Now will get get some of the shit done.
2: So I mean, you know, but I mean, so you think about it um, in the terms of like bodybuilders. I used to know uh, a fair amount of bodybuilders, and they used to all tell me the same thing. It's all about nutrition, and it's all about the rest because the muscles recover during the rest period far more than any other time frame. So, um, a friend of mine one time said to me, "He said, you know, you're going to continue to burn out if you don't take some time." So, like after events or after long periods of travel, I take a day off. I usually now fly in a day early if I'm going someplace that requires lengthy travel,
3: especially
2: to Europe, when I go to Europe, because there's such, you know, there's a six-hour time difference. Like, I spoke in Poland and different places, and, you know, taking an overnight flight. It sounds good (laughs) on paper. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So you get there, and
1: you're like, I don't know where I'm at.
2: Oh, I mean, the last time I flew internationally, where was I flying? I flew to England and then England to Germany. No, I flew to Germany and then Germany over to Poland again. And I flew first class because I wanted to sleep, but there were three people behind me who didn't want to sleep. One of them, I will not mention their name, <laughs> is, a, is a lead singer for a very famous band. Um and they just wouldn't stop talking all throughout the thing, you know. So it was like well, by the time I hit the ground in Germany, um, the flight was delayed, uh, you know, getting out. So I had about a 40-minute connection to go through security in Germany to get the next plane and all that stuff. And it was just a horror fest because I was so tired. Yeah. So, you know, but I flew in a day early so I could recover. So that was that's the key that I've learned when you can fly in early or when you can stay a day later, um, you know, even though you might want to get home, sometimes it's or Get home and take the day off uh, or at least, you know, part of it if you can And just rejuvenate.
1: I think, you know, and, and I, I, t- I completely agree with you because I used to be the exact same. I used to want to get in Thursday night so I can start working Friday, then I'd work sa- Saturday, and then I'd fly home Saturday night. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, and it just seemed like it was wearing me down. And now I'll, I'll try and come in early on Thursday or I'll leave on Sunday even. And I think because I think just mentally, it's like I know I'm not in a hurry. So now my body, I'm not in a hurry. You know, because when you when you I mean, there are times when you, you have no choice. But if you have a choice and you can plan a little, you know, an extra a half day, all of a sudden your body goes, OK, I'm not in a hurry now. And so your, right. your whole your whole physiology just kind of relaxes
2: a little bit. Yeah, uh, and you the mind is, and is. Yeah, and the mind's able to rest, right? I mean, a bit, or at least focus. I mean, you know, I, I was joking with a friend of mine because you know when we travel together, doing lots of, of events or or seeing clients back to back. You know, there's only so much, you know, I used to say there's only so much green tea extract that we can drink to stay alert, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it, so it, it, I, I... All the
1: five-hour energy drinks are...
2: Oh, those things are... I I, <laughs> I used to I used to drink a lot of them, and, and one day I woke up and realized, you know, this is probably not that good for me to keep <laughs> I'm not trying to down five-hour energy, but, you know, no, no, in moderation, yeah, right? Right, everything should so. be in moderation mhm
1: what uh, um how do you balance you know married kids right mhm yep, so how do you uh, how do you work it out with your wife about being gone you know do you, how do you balance your your work life you know I'm oh, be gone i can make three a days. i
2: can make i can make a joke and say she's happy, you know like <laughs> <laughs> but um so especially when like, because I made a conscious choice knowing I was going to travel to, uh, we homeschooled our kids. Right. So I used to take them with me uh, a lot of places, which was um, most of the time a blessing, right? Because it was kind of yeah. like they were getting an education and they were able to hang around, especially when I was in the training industry, you know, uh, doing uh, work for large training companies. So I got exposure to, a lot of really cool things and, you know, even some of the corporate clients. I mean, the, so the, the, the children at that time got a great business education by traveling um, and not just to travel, but they get to go to, you know, different places and hang out with some, you know, yeah. some of your clients, you know, famous or semi-famous people. Or, um, so that, that was one way that I balanced it. And sometimes we would do, you know, full family trips, Um, and do that. And then what I would do is take a couple of days and go someplace fun and educational for for the kids. So if I flew into, you know, uh, I don't know, we went to Austin one time and did a live event. And then once I was done with the live event, we flew to, you mentioned Kansas City. So the kids had never seen the Midwest. Yeah. So we got to hang, hang out in Kansas City and, and uh, took them, you know, to Kansas and to Missouri, showed them where the split of the line is between Kansas City, you know, just certain things like that. And, you know, trips to, you know, the Eiffel Tower, right, in, in Paris. So it's one thing I found reading it from a book. It's another thing when you could just bang on the side of the Eiffel Tower and look at it and go, geez, it's this it's real. It's real. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty, but it's metal. It's a hunk of metal. Right? <laughs> that's what the kid said. It was a hunk of metal. <laughs> so
1: They were right,
2: I guess. Yeah, it's true. So, you know, now that they're older, my like children about your your children's age, um, they still travel with me from time to time, but they have lots of life's experiences and lots of stories. So, that, so that, you know, I think that's that,
1: also, for me, I mean, everyone's different, but like, I think – I like traveling now so much because as a kid we didn't travel a lot. my, we didn't, my parents didn't have a lot of money and they both worked mm. their, nine, their nine- to five jobs and yep you know, we went on a few vacations, but very, very rare because once you know gosh, I'm, we, you know we, I played football and my sister sister did gymnastics and so we, we couldn't between both of our sport schedules, it's just difficult to, to get out and travel and, like I said, yep. with money. So now when I get to travel, I'm like, I, I soak up everything. I want to go to museums. I want to see as much as I can because I never
2: mm.
3: got to yeah. do
2: that. Yeah, and, and you know, back when you and I were growing up at that age, I mean, it was pretty much jump into the family car and drive. It wasn't, yeah, you man. know, <laughs> it wasn't was jump an airplane and, you know, go to three or four de- destinations conveniently because it just, you know, wasn't what we did. So well, yeah. it was either, you know.
1: It's so hard to explain it to, 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 I mean, you can tell, it's you could tell people what it was like be, before you had your phone and your internet, but yeah. international flight was, you would call it, you'd have to call a travel agent. Yes. And you, you would have to rely on them and their expertise and, you know, and you, you don't meet them and there's no reviews. There's no Yelp reviews on these people. Nope. You know, you just, everything was you go through the yellow page
0: it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win
1: You know, now it's it's like we're, we're playing a trip. My wife and I are playing a trip to Japan, our first trip internationally in mm-hmm. April. We're, we're 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 it's so you get to go on the internet and you can do street views of the hotel, and you can <laughs> right. see you, you know what I mean. Like right. you can yeah. virtually be there to see. So when you get there, you're like, okay, yeah, that's the building I was expecting. You know what I mean?
2: I I, I certainly do because I just did this. Um, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. I rented a house for a, a week, and my daughters went with me, and so we got a three-bedroom house. And I did exactly that because you know I wanted to see what kind of neighborhood are we getting into. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, so yeah, I've been uh,
1: rest, restaurants in, like in downtown LA or in San Francisco if I'm visiting, or or Denver. Like mm-hmm. I was just that. And I can do the same thing. I'll, I'll go to the street view and go, okay, what, what are the landmarks or what am I expect, hoping to see so I can see where the front door is of the of the of the, either the office building, the parking garage, or whatever. You didn't get to well, do that back in the day.
2: No, no. People don't even know how to read maps anymore, right? The, and you're
1: still looking. You're <laughs> look, I'm just going to say you're usually looking down at the map to see if you're even close. <laughs>
2: you got to remember the rule, right and up, right, when you look at a map, right and up. That, but, you know, my – my kids are funny, like I remember when my youngest was, I think she was somewhere around seven or eight years old, and she had her iPhone, right? And so we were driving in Texas at the time down uh, the highway, and she said to me, Dad, when, how old were you before you got your first cell phone? And <laughs> and I was thinking, I was like, wow, I got to remember this, right? And so I said, geez, I think I was 28, And she looked at me, Pete, like I was some relic that was in a museum somewhere. Like, what are you talking about? 28 years old, you got your first cell phone? What's the matter with you, right? Because she doesn't have any conception of not having the technology, which makes traveling a lot easier. Like you said, we can, you know, see satellite views of places and things and get to know things before we go there. But I also think there was some, you know, when we were traveling back then, trying to figure out where to go and how to get there on the map, <laughs> uh, getting lost and doing all the things that happened back then or, you know, making sure that you pre plan the whole trip, a, a lot of that is kind of missed now well, because we yeah. take it, Yeah, we you know, we just take it for granted that, you know, if I want to fly to wherever, there's usually a flight going up this day or tomorrow if I really need it. I'm going to pay a lot more for it. But if I wait, you know, 14 21 days. It's usually reasonable. I had a client. Um, You'll think
1: this is funny, Doug, because it, I had a client uh, in San Diego. who I go and see him. He owns a store now, a retail store. Uh, it's a family-owned business, and so we're talking. He goes, "Hey, are you are you heading back to market today?" I go, "Yeah." I go, "You're you're it for San Diego." He goes, "Hey, can you do me a favor?" I go, "Yeah, what's up?" He goes, "Can you take me to the airport?" And I go, "Sure." <laughs> I go, "Yeah, no problem." what time's your flight? He goes, well, I haven't booked it yet because I wasn't sure if you're going to be able to take me. <laughs> I'm like, excuse
3: me?
1: Yep. And he's like, well, I wasn't sure, so I didn't want to book it until I asked, you know. But I'll, I'll book it when we're in the car. He literally booked a flight to Europe. Then we went to his house, got a bag. I'm like, what? You know, that didn't happen back in the day. No, 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 no,
3: no. For one, you won't I be mean, we, in my
1: car making an airline flight off point, yeah. using points. <laughs>
2: right, exactly.
1: To, to Europe. Right.
3: right.
1: You just didn't do that.
2: So. Nope, nope. You could try it domestically, but that would, that would somewhat work out, but... Uh... Yeah, no, definitely not. I mean, it's much more convenient in some ways to, to get transportation today because there's so many other options. You mentioned Uber earlier, you know, Lyft or whatever. Um, you know, Lyft doesn't Even exist. car you, services, you know. In
1: the yeah, part, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
2: everything. Yeah, yeah, car services. And then there's private companies now that, you know, uh, instead of me getting a pickup truck, I could call them and they <laughs> show, show for me there, right? So, um. That's <laughs> hey, the pickup truck
1: would be a hit in some of my territories. So I don't know what you're complaining well, about. Well, yeah, you know I've been
2: to <laughs> I've been to South Dakota and some other places like that, and I agree. Uh, I, I I love pickup trucks. I actually own a pickup truck as well, just other vehicles. But it's uh, you know, going to a, a CEO, yeah, yeah. A, yeah, be a billion dollar company CEO and having to pick them up, uh, it's not a good idea. Exactly. <laughs> There's time and
1: place for everything. Yes. So. Yeah.
2: Well, that's that's marketing, I guess, right? Really. Well,
1: the, you know, the, the, the I, I've told my daughters this, and I'll share with you: is the the negatives of having a phone with you twenty four seven is like when I used to go to appointments. You know, if I had left here and and I had a, a two hour flight or drive up to Santa Barbara, that two hours was mine. Right. right. There was there was no emails. There was no notifications. There was no emergency cell phone. I mean, I remember when I first got my pager, and I had to tell my office, I said, look, 911, if if you need me to stop and get to a phone. Right. You know, and a a four-on-one if, when I get to my appointment, make sure to call. Right. You know, because it was like, I'd be driving up the 101 freeway here in L.A., and I'd get a 911. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to get off, find a pay phone, which would be next to impossible nowadays, but uh, you know, I'd have to find a payphone at a gas station usually, then use my credit my calling card to call my yep. office, and then they would go. Ah, we figured it out.
2: <laughs> well, that it just cost you a dollar fifty or maybe more to make that phone call, right? So.
1: Well, and then and then the fifteen minutes to get off and find a payphone.
3: So
2: yeah. Now I've yep, got yep. to
1: call my account because I have a cell phone. So now I've got to call my client, saying I'm going to be a half hour, twenty twenty to thirty minutes late because I had to stop and get a phone call that I, that I needed to do anyways. Right, um,
2: assuming you could get back onto the highway in the same route you went, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I've, I've done that too. Yeah. Like, oh, yep. There was no uh, map app back then. Uh,
2: no, I've I've ended up uh, – do you remember the old uh, Map uh, – no, it wasn't MapQuest, but it was uh, – you used to buy a GPS uh, yeah, a box, yeah. basically, right?
1: Yeah, the Garmin. Uh,
2: Garmin, yeah, I remember one of those took me to a uh, an appointment on a dead-end street uh, 40, for, 40 minutes away from where I was supposed to be, <laughs> so that, that was fun, uh, in the middle of rush hour on top of that, so that was, that was a blast, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I think travel is great, and technology has made it so much easier, and I think, you know, it's there was certain nostalgia about doing it the older way and, you know, uh, planning out stops along the way and things like that, um, you know, just because you needed to
1: I don't based know, on where you me, were going. To me, it's kind of like the people that, that say 8-track. I remember when 8-track players were cool. You're like, yeah, mm-hmm. but now I've got 1,500 phone, uh, songs on my phone right now. Yes. You know. So, yeah, the 8-track <laughs> was romantic, but... I still have 1,500 songs in my pocket.
2: What's <laughs> <laughs> funny is I, I, I still have friends that actually swear by old vinyl or 8-track or whatever. Right? So um, I think they just like on the 8-track, you remember the 8-tracks used to skip tracks and you had to put like a match book underneath it to kind of hold the 8-track up to... Uh, <laughs> some, of, some, some of your younger listeners will be like, what are they talking
3: about?
2: Look it up on the internet. You'll see it's, it was a thing back then. So, um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, technology is great. It's made things a lot easier, and I'm, I'm grateful we have it. But as you said, you know, sometimes technology, especially when you're traveling, can actually be a distraction and an energy yeah. drain as well.
1: Yeah. You never shut
0: off.
2: No, and I see people driving down highways in the middle of traffic, and they're texting. Um, just the other day, uh, I I passed uh, no, somebody passed me, and there were two people in the in the vehicle. They were exceeding the speed limit by at least thirty miles an hour, and they were both texting. The driver and the passenger were both texting at the same time. I'm like, oh my gosh, right? So, you know, uh, it's not a good idea to take our eyes off the, the road, right? I mean, I, I hope our pilots in our airplanes don't do texting while they're trying to fly to places. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: uh, the, until we get all get a Tesla self-driving cars, that's probably not a good idea.
2: Oh, I don't know about you, brother, but those things kind of, uh, I don't know, driver, driverless cars, unless they're in an amusement park, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know like, <laughs>
3: Have you driven next to one yet?
2: I have not driven next to one, uh, and I have not been in one. And I, I and honestly, I don't plan on getting in one for a long time. <laughs> I, haven't no.
1: in, I haven't been in one when it's self-driving mode. I've been in a Tesla, but not self-driving mode. But I, I, I'm i here in L.A., and I'm telling you, it's a weird, bizarre feeling driving next to somebody, and their hands aren't on the wheel, and they're, like, doing something else, and the yeah. car is, you know, and you're like, oh, man. There's, I think about how many, how many – what reactions do you have to make as a human with things that happen? Uh,
2: exactly. Right. And, in in you're completely, uh, one's completely out of control. Now one could argue, Hey, look, the, the, the computer's a lot more acute driving, you know, uh, than or aware I should say than human beings sometimes um, because they're always constantly sensing things. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's a debate. I mean uh, it's, it's, I, I I just you know as I think we talked about before I also have a software company um, and you know I talk to my developers quite a bit and they're like oh I could hack into that thing no problem and I'm like oh no no we're <laughs> <laughs> right. <really> too <laughs> so I can I can see myself going toward an edge of a cliff and off you know because they're they're playing games <laughs>
3: exactly <laughs> oh. No, uh,
2: well, that could that, that could just be my silly fear too. But the the reality is that you know right now it's not for me. But uh, maybe maybe in the future it would be.
1: They're gonna have to get a lot better before I entrust my or me or or, or I have to get a lot older.
2: Right? Yeah. Or 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 see a lot less. Right? You just kind of you know maybe it's a good
1: thing for senior citizens.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't they don't know where could, they're going anyway. Sometimes
1: they could they could maintain their autonomy. Yep, but but yet not responsible. See,
2: that's you know that's actually I that I can champion because I you know my mother is eighty six I believe yeah. this year, and she's having trouble seeing. That's why I brought up the seeing. You know, because if my mom's listening to this, she'll hear this. And <laughs>
3: I'll
2: I'll hear all about it. But the
3: yeah.
2: the 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 reality is that. You know, for some people, they can't drive. They're impaired now. And yeah. so driverless vehicles might be a, a, a good way. They can still – they're mobile. They can still get into the vehicle, but they just can't see like they used to or hear like they used to, et cetera. So it does get them around.
1: And in that case, the computer might actually make better decisions. Um, uh,
2: if life. I answer that one in my mother's <laughs> an, uh, listening to this, But 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 I would agree, yes. <laughs>
1: in theory, you're saying.
2: Yes, yes, in theory. And <laughs>
1: sorry, mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: remember, mom, it's Pete Show. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's my fault. I'll take the blame. <laughs>
1: well, hey, Doug, I appreciate the time. Okay. I don't want to eat up too much more of your time. What's the the best way for people to reach out to you or see, or follow you or see what what you got going on?
2: Well, they can either uh, you know find me on LinkedIn at Doug Brown one two three four. You know, uh, so I have an email address, Doug Brown one two three four at Gmail, which I use for LinkedIn. Well, they can send me uh, a link. Uh, they could send me an email to Doug at factors dot com, or you know, they can buy my book at winwinsellingbook.com, dot com, right? And then contact me. Oh, by the way, inside the book, Pete, I didn't tell you tell you this, but for your listeners, inside the book, I actually have a a digital video introductory uh, objections course which complements the book, <laughs> which oh, cool. normally we sell for, for about $247 out of the book. But uh, if you have the information inside the book, you can access that for free. Awesome. So
1: and that, it's a, it's a, what, about $25 book or something like that?
2: Yeah, it's uh, a 24 is twenty four ninety five, and the digital version I think is fourteen ninety five. But right now, I think they dropped the digital version down for a limited period of time, just for ninety nine cents. So if somebody's listening to this, it goes there. Uh, but but I will say standard fourteen ninety five and twenty four ninety five,
3: right? Yeah,
1: I mean t- twenty five bucks is, you know, it is what it is. It's a good deal.
2: Well, it's about 50 years of experience writing into this too. So not to seem arrogant to your audience, but you know, what's in their works and I've been teaching it for years. Um, and it's a very different approach than, um, the reason I wrote the book is because I, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of salespeople and people selling their two biggest things that they have challenges with are number, you know, number one and number two. And I think they're pretty equal. Um, getting quality, qualified leads, right? So the prospecting yeah. aspect of it. And the second thing is, you know, how do they handle objections without um, breaking rapport? And so I decided to tackle that problem because when I was looking, there is not there are not many books out there that actually address the psychological aspect of all of this yeah. and just giving kind of routine things to say. You know, if this person says this and that person... You know, the selling should say that. Well, sometimes that works and many times it doesn't because they're not taking into consideration the psychological underpinnings of what caused that objection, which is usually some discomfort or fear. So they answer it with a routine phrase and then they just drive more fear into the situation. Unfortunately, the buyer is anchoring that fear to the seller at that point and that's what's causing, you know, a metaphorical arm lock, if you will, emotionally. So... So, you
1: know, obviously I agree. I mean, it's it's, it's interesting. To always, I always enjoy hearing other people say the things I kind of live by. You know what I mean? It's like,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I have people, mm-hmm. uh, well, you you were, you were being very overt about your, your uh, well, and pridefully so uh, about the success of your book. Uh, I just came back from Denver and I got the award for the, the most sales dollars of the year. So Good for you. Yeah. I, I didn't Good get the best you. increase, and I didn't get salesperson of the year, and I went, oh, those aren't the ones I want. I got, mo- I hey, got most yeah. dollars.
2: So. Well, you know, everybody has a different flavor of ice cream they tend to like, and, you know, I I made it into category one and two uh and a couple of categories, I was like, "Geez, did those even exist? I didn't even know those existed, right?" But um, I'm happy to have number one and number two, and those as well as the ones I wanted. So, um, so congratulations to you. It's yeah. a, now I, ha- I have a question. I'm going to put you on the spot. Are you doing anything to go celebrate that?
1: Um, yes, and Good. no. Uh, Japan. <laughs> oh, that is a great. Show. Um yep. and the. The, the the new podcasting equipment I just purchased was a direct benefit of me having the most sales dollars in the company.
2: So there you go. You know. Yeah. So uh, a, a tip: a lot of times, people selling, they don't celebrate success. They just think it's kind of routine, right? When <laughs> that that that's just kind of what I do. It's what I'm supposed to do. But what oh, I no. found out if we go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, no, you go. You're, you're the
2: expert. I, I was just gonna. Uh, well, you're 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 a selling expert too, as we both know. Um, the you know the reality is that the human brain, when we don't reward it, stops valuing what the accomplishments are oh, – or minimizes or uh, the accomplishments that we have in the future. And I found even taking top performing salespeople or people who are not top performers at this point and celebrating the wins starts to build upon that confidence. It makes people want to do it more and more and more. So it's kind of a tip that I've utilized over time as well. And and, uh, it does help. Uh, I totally agree. Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, but I was just talking to my my boss and I'm trying to tell him, I go, you know, I'm in it for the money. I mean, if you stop paying me for my day job, I, I, I won't show up tomorrow. Right. You know. So that's, that that kind of goes into the well. I love my job. I you know. Well, if they stop paying you, you know. Anyway. But a lot of people don't do it for the for the financial reasons. So it's you know, they used to just give us a, a two hundred dollar gift card. Yep. That was our that was our prize, and I'm like, no one wants to. Well, that's not why you do it. You know. So now they're giving us. In my industry, I, I get a, a really nice belt buckle. And in the Western industry, that means something. Yeah. So, you know. And, and I was talking to the guy that makes them, you know. Have you ever seen any of the, the rodeo belt buckles?
2: I've, I'm not uh, live. I've seen pictures of them.
1: Um, the one he's going to make us, because uh, the three sales reps that, that, that won the awards, they're, they're like three grand. Yeah. You know? So next time you see a cowboy, you're ah stupid hick, you know he's got a thousand dollar pair of cowboy boots on he's got a three thousand dollar buckle on you know and you're like uh,
2: okay I, I I've never said that about a cowboy, an and idea, I don't ever right? intend yeah,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. i i some of those people on the rodeo are making some pretty heavy money, so yeah. uh and you know some of the people that are riding around on horses where people are like, what are, the, how are they making their money they're you know they got a hundred million in the bank um so <laughs> you know so
1: cattle ranch uh,
2: make good money oh, oh my gosh i uh, you know I had a uh my my wife's uncle actually owned a cattle ranch next to Ronald Reagan's ranch in California at one time, and when he died, the amount of money that was dispersed to her family was <laughs> inspiring <laughs> uh, all <laughs> so.
1: Very good word. Well, yeah. So I mean, that's it's interesting. But I feel like I made a new friend actually, Doug. So I, I really appreciate the the time that we've spent on the phone. Um, and anytime I can learn, it's a good day. So I want to say yeah. thank for for giving me your time.
2: Well, you're welcome. And remember, I've learned a lot from you, even in our previous conversations. So I shout out to your your listeners that you're the real deal. <laughs>
1: appreciate you know? that so try to be so and yeah so uh i'll make sure to put all the links out there for you and uh, if you have any questions about starting your own podcast please give me a a shout i'll give you all all the advice i I can
2: i appreciate that and and i definitely will and uh you know open invitation on my end and certainly if you make it uh to east coast uh, let me know. Well, yeah, especially if you get up around Boston, because I'm not too far from it. i uh,
1: I'll tell you, I'm planning to get there September, October, whenever the leaves change. This, this year, oh. I want to, that's my goal is to get up there.
2: Well, here, here's the cool thing: if you come up any time in September, early October, or whatever, I can help you plan out exactly what to do and where to go because I know that place like the back of my hand. <laughs> so.
3: Well.
1: You, you, you better be sincere because I will absolutely hit you up. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely
2: can tell you all the spots to go to, and the ones that people say you should go to, and why you shouldn't go to them. I can give you the reasons why, right? So perfect. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've been here for over fifty years, so I know the area.
1: Yeah, because I want to hit. I want to hit Vermont, Maine, New Hampshire, yep. Massachusetts, yep. Delaware. I want to hit that whole northeast corner there. There's like six states, I want to get into.
2: So, the late September uh, is better than mid-October, depending on the year, because the trees will change, yeah. uh, depending on the on the weather, and a two-week period could be the difference between missing peak season and not miss, missing peak foliage season, so when you get close to that, let me know and I can let you know what's going on, And um, but yeah, I mean, if you're coming into Boston and that whole area, all the way up through Maine, Vermont, where... You know, depending on where you want to go, maybe you want to go to Ben & Jerry's, uh, you know, ice cream place up there um, in Vermont, or, you know, you want to see certain things in Maine. Uh, I've been all around this area for a long time, so I, I can I, I recommend something.
1: Hit, hit up because that's hey, – one of my goals is to see all 50 states. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm pretty good on the west coast from about Illinois over, um, but I haven't been up to that northeast. I've been to Maryland. I've been to New York. I've uh, been in New Jersey, but I haven't been up to that, that Northeast Quadrant.
2: Well, come on up. That's a great time of year to do it. Yes, and I the weather. I
1: was just think about that yesterday, going, okay, that's, this is the year I'm going to go make it happen. So.
2: Well, I'm supposed to do, uh, we haven't set a date yet, but I'm supposed to do a uh, live uh, training event in Boston somewhere in September. So oh. I'll give you the date and maybe you can, you can come and write it off. <laughs> yeah,
1: okay, that'd be awesome. Do
2: you ever do anything out on the West Coast? I do. I, uh, I've had some clients out there. Um, Culver City uh, was my last that's, one. That's 20 minutes away from me. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I have. Uh, I do I do have some clients. And as I start, uh, g- g- this is starting to grow out on the training side, I'm starting to get more and more, you know, worldwide as well as West Coast and things like that. Nature, so yes, yeah, I think uh, it, it'll definitely be happening. Um, and I've done quite a bit of work in California. Well, and we'll give you the uh,
1: nickel tour if you come out.
2: I would love you to do that, so thank you. Yeah. So. So cool.
1: Well, thanks, Doug. All right, <laughs> All right brother. We'll, we'll be talking more, so.
2: I appreciate it very much.
1: Yeah. And, have a great uh, you week have and, uh, a... Enjoy your flying over the next couple of weeks. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, I'm in Canada tomorrow, so. <laughs> Well,
1: <laughs> so, take a jacket.
2: Yeah, that for sure. <laughs> all right, Pete. See all right, you later. thanks. Right. Bye, bye. You're welcome. Bye now.